able to, would you stand to your feet with me right now while I read this passage of uh, scripture? Please keep Sister Ratliff in prayer. She's still in the hospital. She should be back home tomorrow in Jesus' name. And uh, we're going we're gonna to pray over her. I also want us to pray over uh, the Anchor Church uh, in Zanesville, Ohio. They've just had several deaths and just several things happen. That's a part of our church family because uh, we have people in this church that are connected to that church. And we are the body of Christ. We're going to pray for them. Anybody else, just something going on. You just need some special prayer right now. Just raise your hand. Just raise your hand. Let's pray right now over these needs that I've mentioned and just the hands represented. Lord, we ask you right now. God, we ask that you would touch those. Touch Sister Ratliff. I pray a complete healing in her body. God, we take dominion over this sickness. God, we ask right now that health would be restored in that family. We ask right now that you would sweep through this church family. God, you see the financial needs that are represented here tonight. You see the emotional needs that are represented here tonight. We pray against all depression. We pray against any kind of suicidal thought. We pray against anything that would try to weigh us down and keep us out of what you're trying to do. Uh, we pray that faith would be released right now. Strengthen the anchor church. I pray blessings upon them. I pray peace upon them. Protect that church family. Restore that ministry team. Refresh them. Give them strength, fresh oil, fresh anointing. Let them enter into a season of prosperity. We ask right now that you would move in this room. We ask right now that you would do something special. Come on, begin to pray with a little bit of boldness, with some specific prayers. Don't be distracted by anyone else. Don't be distracted by anything else. Just begin to pray. God, I ask you, Lord, to move here. Touch me. Touch us. God, let people receive the Holy Ghost. Let direction be given. Have your way, oh God. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to read from Mark chapter 5. I'm going to read probably about 10 scriptures. I'm going to very quickly mention them, and then I'm going to read them because I'm going to hop around, but I'm going to read them as one passage. But I'm going to read Mark chapter 5, verses 2 through 6, verses 2 through 6, then verse 13, and then verses 18 through 20. So I'm going to read this as one passage. It is. It should be on the screen for you here momentarily. But starting in verse 2 of Mark chapter 5, it says this, speaking of Jesus, And when he was come out of the ship, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit who had his dwelling among the tombs, and no man could bind him, no, not with chains, because that he had been often bound with fetters and chains, and the chains had been plucked asunder by him, and the fetters broken in pieces, neither could any man tame him. And always, night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying and cutting himself with stones. But when he saw Jesus afar off... <laughs> But when he saw Jesus afar off, he ran and worshipped him. Nobody had to drag him. Nobody had to twist his arm. His mother-in-law didn't have to drag him by the ear. When he saw Jesus, he came running and fell down and worshipped him. Verse 13 Jesus gave them leave, and the unclean spirits went out 
and entered into the pigs, and the herd ran violently down a steep place into the sea and were choked in the sea, verses 18 through 20. And when Jesus was come into the ship, he that had been possessed with the devil prayed him that he might be with him. Howbeit Jesus suffered him not, but saith unto him, Go home to thy friends and tell them how great things that the Lord hath done for thee and hath had compassion on thee. Last verse. And he departed and began to publish in Decapolis how great things Jesus had done for him. Listen to this. And all men did marvel. All men did marvel. I want you to repeat that after me. Say, all men did marvel. Let's say it again. All men did marvel. All men did marvel. That is kind of the thought and the direction I want to point us in this evening. This should be our personal mission as a church. That should be what we are trying to accomplish. All attention right here. No distractions right now. All men did marvel. That is the mission of this church to cause every person in the surrounding cities to marvel at the good things that Jesus Christ has done. That is our mission. I want all men to marvel when they come to this church. We want all men to marvel when they see and hear about what God has done in our lives. We want all men to marvel at the power of God. We are on a mission to marvel. We are on a mission to marvel. I don't want to be like every other church. I don't want to have a family like every other family. I want people to marvel at the power of God in this place, in my life, working in my family. Do you want that? You can have humdrum, boring, twice dead, plucked up by the roots church if you want to, but I want people to marvel when they come in contact with me. I want people to marvel when they leave this church and say, wow, what a church, what a God, what a people. Why don't you lift your hands right now and pray that, Lord, use us, empower us, direct us. Come on, we can do a little better than that. Lift your voice. Let's pray right now. God, have your way. Work in this place. Hallelujah. Come on, get your faith up right now. We are a powerful people because we serve a powerful God. You are a powerful person because we serve a powerful God. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Why don't you sit down? Help me preach a little bit here. We are on a mission to marvel. All men did marvel. We want people to marvel at the goodness of God. We want people to marvel at the power of God. We want people to leave this place going, wow, what a church. Wow, did you see what happened for that family? Wow. Did you see and hear about what God did for that person? We want the city of Dunellen. We want all of the small cities surrounding Dunellen to marvel at the goodness, the power, the glory 
of God. If that's boring to you, find yourself another church. There's churches everywhere. We want the miraculous here. We want miracle signs and wonder here. I'm sorry, I ain't trying to offend you, but I also don't want a common church. We do not serve a common dead God. This is not just a religion. This is a relationship with Jesus Christ. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. We serve him, and and if we're serving him, stuff should be happening in our lives and in this church. Mark chapter 5 reveals the power of Jesus Christ and one of the most incredible, miraculous accounts in the New Testament. In these first 20 verses of Mark chapter 5, you hear the life story of this man known as the demoniac of Gadara. The demoniac of Gadara. This unnamed man known by a named devil, Legion. We don't know his name. We only know the spirit that was controlling him. Hmm. And I believe we can dissect this passage, the first 20 verses, into two simple sections. Two simple sections that I want to share with you this evening. The first is this. Number one, the man gets a miracle. Say miracle. 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 This man, he comes onto the scene And you learn quickly that he has a very hard life. He has all kinds of hard circumstances. You see, he has a lot of problems, a long list of issues that he has not been able to overcome on his own. Issues that were not solvable by other people in the city. No one else could save him. No one else could heal him. No one else could deliver him. All of these issues, he has an unclean spirit, this impure, immoral spirit leading him to do the most horrendous and damaging things. He is homeless. He lives in the nearby tombs. That's where he rests his head among the dead. That's who he is. That's what he does. He is terrorizing those that are alive. People tried to tame him. They tried to help him. They attempted to bind him, but their feeble attempts to help him and to cover his nakedness were no match for the evil that was consuming his life. He cried in the daytime. He screamed in the nighttime. He cut himself. He has no future. He has no options. He has no hope until Jesus shows up in his little town. There is no future for him until Jesus shows up. (laughs) One day Jesus shows up in his little corner of the world. He's heard of the miracles. He's heard of the power. But I believe more than anything, he has heard about the love of Jesus because this Jesus... He touches the leper. This Jesus, he has mercy on the harlots. When this Jesus shows up, the homeless have a place. My God, we need to recognize this this Jesus that we serve. 
We live in a wicked world that has no mercy. But here he comes, and, G- and Jesus shows up, and this man comes running and falls down at the feet of Jesus. And in just a moment, all of those evil spirits, all of those unclean spirits are cast out of him. And a moment's notice, let me tell you, you ain't got to wrestle with that spirit for 47 years. I'm thankful for every uh, program our community has to offer. We've got all kinds of things, everything from AAs to boy clubs to all kinds of things where people can go to get a little help and to find a little sense of community. But I've talked to people that are going through the same thing and the same motions and the same programs. Some of you are some of those people, and you know what I'm talking about. There is no change. There's no relief. There's no deliverance until Jesus. Until Jesus, this man, delivered, restored, refreshed in a moment's notice. All of a sudden, this man is calmed down. This man is clothed. And this man is in his right mind. I don't know about you, but I I think right now what we're seeing in our world is we've got people that are out of their minds they're not thinking clearly. They're not, they're not operating clearly. We've got people in governments that they aren't operating clearly. They are not in their right mind. You see it in the chaos in the communities. People are not in their right minds. We need a soundness of mind. That's what Jesus does. He is here tonight, and I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what you're facing. I don't know what you're thinking. I don't know what you're con- Considering, but let me tell you, Jesus is here. And if you'll just fall down at his feet, if you'll just put aside your pride, put aside your way of thinking, and let God have his way, he'll do what no man can do. He'll do what I can't do for you. He'll do what your spouse can't do for you. He'll do what the government can't do for you. Jesus will change your life. Somebody ought to worship him right now. Anybody that can testify and say, Jesus did it for me. Maybe you could think back and say, Jesus, he was the only one that did it for me. <laughs> Come on, somebody here tonight that you wandered in. Looking, you've got more questions than you got answers. Let me tell you, you're in the right place. Jesus will save you. Jesus will deliver you. He'll take care of that unclean spirit. He'll deliver you of what's just bothering you. Fall down and worship. Fall down. Surrender. Give it to the Lord. That's what Jesus does. He shows up, and if you'll let him, he'll change your life. I'm not talking about some little fake hypocritical wave of the hand. I'm talking about out of everything in your heart saying, I need Jesus. I got to have him. I need the Holy Ghost to move and work in my life. This man's life was revolutionized. I'm talking to people in this place that you got a miracle or miracles just like this man did. Delivered you of something. I'm t- I know of people in this church that were instantly delivered of drug addictions. There are people in this place, you know what I'm talking about. All the doctors wanted to do was give you prescription to prescription and give you this drug to get you off of that drug. Am I, I got any real folks, you know what I'm talking about? It's what the world does, tries to, tries to free you by binding you. 
They tried to bind him with chains to set him free, but it doesn't work that way. What you need is Jesus. What we need is Jesus. You ought to call out his name right now. Uh, I'm talking to people. You've gotten miracles before. Don't forget that. Don't forget about your testimony. Don't forget about the deliverance of Jesus. Don't forget about what he's done in your life. Uh, hallelujah. I'm telling you, I, I just can't get off this yet. If, if there's somebody here tonight that you know, you, you've just been terrorized by thoughts and you've been hurting yourself and you've been, I'm telling you, you can be set free this evening. He will save your soul. He will calm your spirit. He will heal your body. You might not leave here without you know, pulling out the $1,000 in your pocket that you think you need. But let me tell you, you can leave here with a comfort, with a peace, with a direction for your life. Don't leave here the same way that you came in. I pray before the service concludes that you'll make your way down to this little altar area and you'll do like this man did and fall down and worship the Lord. Hallelujah. But it doesn't end with a miracle. The man gets a miracle. And I'm talking to people, I imagine if we were if we were to go around here, there's lots of miracles represented here this evening. Lots of things that we could look at and know that God has moved in our lives. But it does not end with your life being changed. It does not end with my life being changed. That is just the beginning. That's where it just gets started. Don't just settle with getting your little miracle and stopping there. God has a plan for your life. The Lord wants to use you. The Lord wants. Do not just get satisfied having a little miracle. Do not be content with just getting a little touch from the Lord. You get a miracle. The man got a miracle. But the man also got a a mission. Everyone say mission. mission. Say mission. mission. He got a mission. The man was put on a mission. We have a mission as well. All men did marvel. All men did marvel. The Lord wants to use you, your testimony, your life to help revolutionize the lives of others. We must not, and we are not, and we will not be a selfish church. We will never be just about coming and getting what we just want. Now, you're going to be loved here. We're going to pray for each other. We're going to consider one another. We're going to help one another. But there will be a point that every member is expected to stand on their own two feet and help somebody else. Every single one of us should be able to mature enough to then be able to take someone else spiritually by the hand and lead them into victory. The man got a miracle, but the man also got a mission. After the miracle occurs, Jesus is getting in the boat to continue on with his purpose and to move toward his passion. This man is moved. This man is stirred, and he wants to do something for Jesus Christ. And so now he is walking up to the edge of the boat and as Jesus is stepping on board the man says can I go with you I want to 
go with you, Jesus. I'm so excited. I want to follow you. I want to be used by you. But Jesus has the audacity to say, no. Jesus says, no. Your mission is not on this boat. It would be much more exciting, demoniac of Gadara. It would be much more exciting to ride with Jesus. It would be much more exciting to go with him from town to town. I can't imagine what it would be like to to see all of the the miracles and the breaking of the bread, the feeding of the 5,000, and to watch as blinded eyes are open and to see as those that are lame are able to stand to their feet and the dead to be raised to life. But Jesus says no. It says he suffered him not to get on the boat because we all have a mission, but please hear me. Our mission is not always what we want to do. It's not always about what I want to do. My will is not about what it's not what this church is about. It's not my will, it's his will. It's not my way, it's his way. Y'all know I say it all the time. This ain't Burger King. You can't have it your way. This is his church. It's his kingdom. And we are his people. So we do what he wants us to do. <laughs> Jesus saying, No, you can't get on this boat with me. No, you've got a miracle, and now you have a mission. He suffered him not to go with him. I can see Jesus saying now, I want you to see this because here's his mission. It's revealed in verse 19. Jesus suffered him not and saith unto him, Go home. Put it up on the screen, verse 19. Verse 19, if you got it, put it on the screen. Verse 19, he says, Go home. Home, here's your grand mission. Here's the big mission. I want you to go home. Now, don't everybody stand up and go home right here in this very moment. Don't say amen. I was thinking the same thing. Get me my PJs. Get me my gingerbread cookies. That's not what we're talking about. Enjoy your home, but allow me to explain something. I'm afraid we often mistake the grand for the great. I want you to hear this. We often mistake, Daniel Autry often mistakes the grand for the great. We like the big. We like the flashy. We like wow moments. We like grand gestures. And if I'm being honest, it is discouraging when you do not get what you want. Whenever it's just a boring, humdrum task that doesn't seem like the great will of God. We often mistake the grand for the great. We like the, whoa, look at that big conference. And wow, look at that big band. And go to a camp meeting. And wow, I want to work for God. But then we come back to church and it's it's only, you know, 110 people rather than 1,100 people. And it's not quite as grand but it's no less as great the mission is to marvel the mission is to call men to marvel to cause them to marvel he said go home to thy friends and tell them how great things the lord hath done for thee and hath had compassion on thee 
He says, you can't get on this boat. It would be easier for you to ride with Jesus. It would be easier to go town to town. Whoop, whoop. Look at what Jesus is going. Here he comes. Another miracle. Here he is, the one, the only. Jesus, the Christ. (sighs) Breaking the bread. He's raising the dead. Jesus, Jesus. It would be, yeah, that would be awesome. And it would be easier. But it would be no less as great for him to simply go home and spread the good news about what Jesus had done in his life. Jesus says, I want you to enter your own little world and start telling people your testimony. Start showing them what I have done in your life. Talk about my compassion. Show them the scars where the wounds used to be. That's your mission. That's how all men are going to marvel, by you evangelizing your own little world, by you evangelizing your own family, by you being kind to your co-worker. Boring. It's not that grand, but it's great. This passage where it says, go home to thy friends, this word, 4674, in this Greek word, I guess you pronounce it sauce. It's S-O-S. I think that's so fitting. S-O-S. Help! (laughs) This is what friends is translated from. This is the hard mission right here because nobody knows you like your own people. Nobody knows you like your closest friends and your closest family. They know your good days, and more importantly, they remember your bad days. Oh, boy, getting a little tight now. They remember the bad attitudes. They, they see the Sunday morning Jesus worship and then the Monday afternoon frustration. Go home, he says, to thy friends. The friends there, the word SOS means thine own. This is a frustrating mission. This is a mission where you do not get much glory. But it is the mission to marvelous. This is the mission where people will go, wow, ain't God good. Wow, what a God. Wow, this is the mission that will cause your family to be saved. You want your your spouse to be saved? I want my friends to be saved. The mission to marvel is to go home and evangelize our core, our family, our friends, our co-workers, our people. It's the mission to this church growing. Go home to thine own. Even Jesus recognized the hardness of this. Same exact context in John chapter 1, verse 11, where it says Jesus came unto his own, and his own received him not. It's a hard mission. It's a mission I'm afraid a lot of Christians give up on because of its difficulties. But this mission, should you choose to accept it, will cause glory to be given to Jesus Christ. 
and will cause people to marvel. It will cause this church to grow. It will bring about salvation to your friends, to your family members. It won't be easy. It might bring ridicule to you. But it's the mission to marvel. Jesus came into his own and his own received him not. Same context, John chapter 4, verse 44, where he said, A prophet has no honor in his own country. Your own people are hard to reach. Your own family can be difficult to reach. My own family know every fault. Your own family know all of the wrongs. It would be easy to say, Jesus, I'm going to leave this place because they know about me cutting myself. It'd be easier for me to start over in a new land. If I could just get on the boat with you, Jesus, it'd be so much easier. I know, but it would be greater if you would simply go home. The mission to marvel. We want all men to marvel. It's found in personal evangelism. Oh, no big revelation. Nobody taking notes right now. It's not, wow, let's high five. It's found in the boring monotony of personal evangelism. By going home, by going to work, by going to Walmart and being a light to this world, by being a witness to your family. And I feel in the Holy Ghost right now Pray for just a moment. Pray for just a moment. That's where we're at right now. Come on, just lift your voice for a moment. You're looking for a mission. You're looking for a purpose. You're wanting to be used by the Lord. Come on. Jesus, it'd be easier to get in the boat and just leave town. Jesus, it'd be easier to watch you work miracles. It'd be more enjoyable if I could just leave this place and start again in another church with another family. Come on, I'm in the Holy Ghost right now. But your mission is to cause all men to marvel. And it's found in your own little world. (laughs) Your mission, go home. Your mission, evangelize your family. Your mission, share the love of Jesus Christ with your friends. Your mission. We want people to marvel. We want the miraculous to take place. We want people to be saved in this church. We want to fill up another congregation. We want to build new churches. We want to double and triple. That's great. Here's the answer to it right here. Here it is. You want all men to marvel? You want the communities to marvel? Then go home and evangelize your own little world. Don't wait on another Facebook blast. Don't wait on us to put on a big billboard somewhere. Go home and reach your family. Go home and be kind to your family. They know all your faults. They know all your blemishes. They know the cuts. They know the wounds. It's difficult. But the way to cause men to marvel is to go home, reach your family, and reach your friends. It's a harder mission. Reach those that you're closest with, your family, your friends, the people you grew up with, demoniac of Gadara. They've seen you naked, literally. He was naked running around. They know everything about you. It'd be easier to shy away and start again somewhere else. 
But how are people going to marvel? They need to see the transformation. They need to know the power of Jesus. They need you to be vulnerable and say, here's where I used to cut myself and here's what I used to do. And this used to be a wound right here. But now it's a scar because Jesus got a hold of me and Jesus saved me. You want people to marvel at the power of God? We want the, we want the grand, but really what we need is the great. And it's super simple. Go tell people, tell your friends, tell your coworkers, win them. Here's the pathway to marvelous. Go home, teach your family, tell your coworkers. You want to fulfill your mission? We want men to marvel. Find your friends. Convert your kids. Hey, yeah. Teach your own child a Bible study. Spend time with your spouse. Win your wife. Convince your coworker to come to church. We want all men to marvel. We want to get to verse 20, then you've got to accept the mission of verse 19. It's not grand, but it's great. Uh, I had lunch with Pastor Donnie Ellis of our Dade City campus just this past Friday. We were talking about all of the good church stories and all the fun stuff and all the scary stuff of starting churches and working with people and all that good stuff. And he was sharing with me something special that had just happened for over a year he has taught a Bible study in a park. Just him and one other person. Nothing grand. Nothing big. Nobody chants his name when they go to that Bible study. Nobody, nobody is standing there in the park saying, great job. There's no attaboys. There's no extra cookies. There's nothing. And he was talking about just the, the, the monotony of doing the right thing every week. And can I get real? It does. Sometimes it gets boring doing what's right. Just, just the same thing over and over and over and over and over and over. But do not mistake the grand for the great. Because God has been working in the individual's life in that Bible study. But just two weeks ago, as they are sitting there doing this Bible study, somebody walking by, just some there, someone there right there in his little world, he hears what they're talking about. He hears the Bible study. He's listening to the prayer, and he's moved to walk up to Brother Donnie. And he says, could you pray with me? And they begin to pray together. And this past week, that person was not just in the church service. That person was in the altar, hands lifted high, tears streaming down the face. It wasn't grand, but it was great. You want to know how to cause somebody to marvel? Just go home and evangelize. Go home and teach a Bible study. Go home and be nice to people. Go home and invite someone to church. Don't post garbage on Facebook. Post an invite to church on Facebook. <laughs> this man went home and did as Jesus told. And the Lord began to open up new doors. Verse 20. This is the passage where all men did marvel. I'm bringing this to a close here. Look at this. I want you to see this. And he departed and began to publish in Decapolis how great things Jesus had done for him. And all men 
did marvel. It went beyond just his close friends and family. You want God to give you the grand? Be faithful with the boring. We want the big? Be faithful with the small. Do what's right when no one else is looking. Decapolis. It's a portion. It's two words combined. It's a compound word. Deca meaning ten. And that polis is meaning cities. It's a region of ten cities. All men did marvel in ten cities. Do you see it? If he would have got on the boat and took a cruise with Jesus, his mission would not have been fulfilled. All men in ten cities would not have been saved if this man would not have fulfilled this mission. I'm talking to people that you've been wanting the grand, but God is calling you to the great. You want something flashy, but the Lord is wanting to give you something of substance. Stop looking for some flashing light stage and some lights just with your name. Don't worry about all of that. Just go home and evangelize. Just go home and be a witness. Just go home and reach the lost. What would happen? We have people here. I, I'm trying to think. Who lives uh, in or near Dunellen? Let's say Dunellen. Okay, what, what about, let's say, Williston? We got, we got anywhere near Williston? You drive through Williston? Okay, yeah. Don't be afraid. Trenton and Chiefland. You got connections to Trenton and Chiefland. Yeah. Okay, what about Ocala? Ocala, okay. What, what about Marion Oaks? Citrus Springs? Crystal River? Homosassa? It goes on and on. I just named 10 cities right there. What would happen if this church right here would accept the mission? Go home. Be an evangelist. Teach a Bible study. Invite your wife to church. Invite your grandchildren to Sunday school. Do you see it? I know it's not grand. It's not a 5,000 soul revival in one day. But all men will marvel. God will bless this church. We have grown quickly. And we will continue to grow quickly. If we have some people that will accept the mission, go home. Go home. Can you stand to your feet with me right now? Let's pray. Hallelujah. God, we pray right now. Pray over those cities I just mentioned. God, we pray over Dunellen. God, we pray over Williston. We pray over Trenton. We pray over Chiefland. Come on, lift your voice right now. You see, it's not as exciting when we're not talking about what you get, about what I get out of the deal. I don't get to go with Jesus this go around, the man says, but I'm going to go home and I'm going to tell everybody I can about the goodness of Jesus and the Lord opened up a door for him to be an evangelist to ten cities all men marveled in ten cities because he simply went home and did what Jesus told him to do come on Souls Harbor can you be faithful can you serve God when you go home can you not cuss at your kids when you go home come on now Come on. Can you be nice to your spouse when you go home? They don't want to serve your God if you're mean and grumpy and bitter. Come on. Go home. Serve God. Do right. Go to school. Go to your job. 
be a light to the world. Show the love of Jesus. All men did marvel. How do we get to miracles, signs, and wonders? How do we get to those wow moments by going home and being faithful? (laughs) Sister Heidi wouldn't be here if there wasn't just a simple invite to church from my brother-in-law. Jessica, you wouldn't be here tonight if Heidi didn't pick you up, right? That's right. Do do you see it? It's 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 a connection. It's one person reaching another person and saying, you got to be convinced of the miracle, though. You've got to be convinced of the power of God. And some of you, that's where you're at. That you're yawning through your testimony. You've forgotten. I feel the power of God here right now. You need to be reminded about where you came from. You need to be reminded about the drug addiction. You've got to remember and be convinced about the power of God. Because if you're convinced about that, nobody could shut you up. Let's pray right now. If it's appropriate, pray with that family member. Don't get in anyone's space, but right now begin to pray. Come on, let's serve God together. It's personal evangelism. It's personal evangelism. Winning people one soul at a time. One family member at a time. One boring Bible study at a time. One church card after another. One week after another being faithful to church. Kids watching you. Seeing when you skip church. Kids seeing what you're doing. Come on. They're watching you. Auntie and uncle, they're watching you. That co-worker sees the Facebook posts. Come on. Decapolis could marvel. These surrounding cities and counties could be turned upside down if we will just go home. And at a time, you have a story. You have a testimony. People in this place that's been delivered from just all kinds of addiction. People that have been healed of anxiety and depression. All of us being saved from our sins. You can't lose the wow of what God has done for you. Everybody needs to know. Everybody needs to know about what Jesus has done for you. Don't be ashamed of the gospel. Don't be ashamed to invite someone to your apostolic church. We live in a weird world. They do all kinds of crazy stuff. They they might be a little shocked when they come here the first few times, but they're going to feel something different. They need that difference maker. Nelson, you wouldn't be here if it wasn't for Leaf, personal evangelism. So many other people, you wouldn't just...